0: This is Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who are called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today, we're here with Pastor Albert Willis and Tammy Deppertschmidt from the Mustard Seed Ranch.
1: Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling.
0: Thank you, Albert and Tammy, for being here today. Thanks for having us. We look forward to your conversation. Now, you know each other through the Mustard Seed Ranch, is that right? That's right. Yes, we do. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, Tammy, we're going to start with you because ladies first. Sure. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Where did you grow up?
1: Well, actually, I grew up in the Upper Cumberland. I uh, went to high school at Upperman High School and graduated from there and then went to Tennessee Tech and uh, majored in... um, uh, Technical communications first, and then I went into secondary education. Did you have a favorite teacher at Upperman? Oh, Carol Buckner, without any doubt. Shout out, Mrs. Buckner, if you're listening. Love you, Carol. (laughs) That's so nice. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tammy. (laughs) She's just amazing. What did you love about her? She just her passion for kids and teaching. It wasn't it, she loved every individual kid for who they were and um, guided them in that way and taught them in that way. She just is a lovely person.
0: When you find a person like that in life, I think you found a real treasure,
1: without a doubt. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And what about you, Albert? Where did you grow up?
2: I grew up in a little town called Tylertown, Mississippi. It's about an hour and a half north of New Orleans, Louisiana. It's oh, way wow. Down there. My grandmother was from there. My grandfather and from New Orleans, and we'd go down there and be with them. But Tyler Town, my mom and dad owned a hardware and furniture store, and we grew up in the in the Methodist Church there in Tyler Town. Oh,
1: you did. Yeah,
2: sang with the. There was only about two hundred people in the church, but we had a, a youth choir at the time of about thirty-seven kids. And oh, we wow. We went on choir tours. That's what gave me the love music. Okay. like I do now. So.
0: Where all did you tour as a youth on tour? Well,
2: a lot of times we were going to Lake Junaluska. There you go. You know, and we would tour and sing at different places as we went went that way. Then we'd go down to Atlanta and sing. We we went to a lot of different different places.
0: So for folks who don't know Lake Junaluska, tell us a little bit about what that is.
2: Lake Junaluska is a is a wonderful camp for the southeastern jurisdiction of the United Methodist Church. So it it's it's like it's like around this beautiful lake up in the Carolinas, uh, I guess it's in Carolina, right? I
0: think it's North Carolina, North is that right? North Carolina,
2: yeah, and, uh, and, and we would go up there at times. Uh, one, of, one of our pastors that was in Tyler town became over the, the, um, the, all the facilities, he was the pastor, but he, he got an appointment to be over all the facility, over the golf course, and we'd go up there and see him, and,
1: nice. and
0: it was
2: kind of fun doing that, but that was a very spiritual place.
0: Now, I have been on a couple of choir tours myself, and in my experience both personally uh, as a child or youth going on choir tour and as a parent, as a chaperone, is that there's always one kid who gets in trouble on choir tour. Was that kid you? Yes. That <laughs> okay. That was me,
2: yeah. I'm embarrassed to say, but it's true.
0: What was your major malfunction on choir tour?
2: We we like to do stuff at night when people are asleep.
0: Of course, that's the best time to do yeah, stuff.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we'd, we'd find the place to turn all the lights off in the building and turn them off right before they went to bed so they, they couldn't see. Uh-huh. Stuff like that. Did and, ever
0: put Vaseline on a doorknob? Not that I've done that.
2: Uh, yes, we, 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 we did a lot of different things. I, I'm a little embarrassed to talk about it. <laughs>
0: but Yes, it's just real life, yeah. man.
2: yeah we the the most interesting thing though, we did at that camp, and it was it it was kind of weird, I thought at first, but there was uh, kids that that came to the camp when I, we thought we were going to have this dance and and they had uh, kids come from a I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, a mentally handicapped facility okay and so they some were down syndrome They were all different types of kids coming in and and they were going to join with us oh, we didn't know about wonderful. this until they got there it was, so it was like we kind of stood back not really knowing what to do but within about 30 minutes we were dancing with all of them we were and they were have they were the sweetest bunch of people
0: don't you love that and and
2: mm-hmm. and I just never saw that coming, you know, but it, it was something that changed me on looking at different people. You sure. Know, yeah. Marks of life, so.
0: Well, because we all have a label, but we're all just people.
1: That's oh, yeah. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, Tammy, are there any uh, events that stand out from you from life at Upperman High School growing up?
1: What being a kid? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was really into drama. I loved the theater. That's why Carol Carol Buckner was also a fave of mine. Okay. And uh, I was on cheerleading squad. Okay. I just I also just loved life and people. You know. So played softball and I loved Epperman and I still do. It's just a great school. and then going to Tennessee Tech was awesome too. That's an amazing campus. It and, is an
0: amazing you know, campus. Yes. It's a little gem tucked away in the Upper Cumberland. Yes. That um the rest of the world is just beginning to learn about. Yes,
1: we want them to not wait. Just let's slow down a little. <laughs> <laughs> it's our gem, right? <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Uh, You're listening to The Calling. I'm here today with Albert Willis and Tammy Depperschmidt. They know each other through the Mustard Seed Ranch, and we're going to be talking to them a little bit further about their calling and about Mustard Seed in just a few moments. But for now, we're going to take a break. Stay tuned for more. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. We're back with Albert Willis, who is a pastor in uh, Allgood, Tennessee. And we're here with Tammy Depper-Schmidt, who is the executive director of the Mustard Seed Ranch. Tammy, you said something earlier when we were talking about your childhood and growing up in Upperman uh, High School. You mentioned your favorite teacher, Mrs. Buckner.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you said that she had a passion for kids and teaching. That was just Infectious. Yes. And so I I wonder if that influence was part of your calling that led you to the mustard seed ranch?
1: Ironically enough I was, uh, it was my junior year in high school and she had a she picked a play called Up the Down Staircase which is about a teacher who worked with inner-city kids. Uh, kids who were really having a hard time and kind of challenging and it, you know, it. I don't know what—it's ironic, but from that point, after I graduated from college, I started working with kids that were at risk. I had moved to Denver to, to really work with some inner-city kids, ironically okay. enough. And so it was just amazing how it all transpired. But that passion is just something that— Literally was uh, just a seed that was planted in me a long time ago with my parents, but also through teachers like Miss Buckner, who, Mrs. Buckner, who really changed my life, and also, kind of, like I said, planted that seed for passion for kids. And it's, I've been in the field now for 25 years. This is my wow. 25th year in the field, and I've worked with over 3,000 children who have suffered from any sort of abuse that you can think of or neglect. And um, I love it. It is my definite calling in life without a doubt.
0: What's your favorite part of the day at Bustard Seed Ranch? Oh, (laughs) I love
1: it. You can
0: tell us more than one favorite part if you like. Well,
1: one of my favorites, (laughs) and I can't help it, I I usually get a little choked up about it, is when the kids come down to meet with our um, social worker, uh, Rachel Ickes, Mm -hmm. who's also our assistant director, um, they always, every time they walk through the front door, they immediately run in and give me a hug in my office. And I think first and foremost, that's kind of something that I've conditioned them because they just know I'm going to hug them always. And but it just it makes my day, you know, because when you're in administration, you know, I would have loved to have been a house parent. But for some reason, it just didn't end up end up that way. So ending up being an executive director. And so that administration side of it, you don't get to spend as much time with the children um, as the house parents do. We all have our jobs. Right. But boy, I'll tell you what, when you see them and you get to spend time with them, it just, it fills you up. And then uh, you just get to spend even just the smallest amount of time with them during the week. It's it's awesome. And then the weekend comes and you get to spend more time with them. <laughs>
0: you have family there. Don't
1: you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all my family, past, <coughs> past, present, and future. <laughs> we've we've had a lot of fun. We all got to know each other. We get to know each other very well. Um, Albert right here is my brother, Uh, without any doubt, he's my brother. Uh,
0: Your passion is (laughs) obvious. Uh, (laughs) You glow when you talk about the mustard seed ranch. I almost think that might be one of your spiritual gifts, this passion for this ranch. How do you define your spiritual
1: gifts? Wow, that's a great question. I don't think I've had anyone ever ask me that question. Um, Mm. How do I define my spiritual gifts? You know, it's, I don't know, it's when it feels like home and when it feels like family, I guess that's when you know it's from the Lord. And um, Mustard Seed Ranch, the very, from the very first time that I stepped on that ranch, I knew that it was home. Wow. Um, without any doubt, you, you can feel the presence of the Lord as soon as you drive up that drive. And no matter how difficult it can be sometimes, no matter what storm comes, that that calling or gifting that you've been given, it can be really hard. It can be very hard. Sure. Every job can be difficult. Yes. And um, but man, you just there are those days when you see a child finally get it. Or um you see a child heal from their past wounds. Um, and that's when you know it was all worth it. Yeah. That's that's kind of your your raise, if you will, from God. <laughs>
0: Makes it all worthwhile. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, I find it ironic that the good Reverend Albert Willis, who uh, was the kid on youth choir tours as a child, would mm-hmm. grow up, one, to be a pastor, and, and two, to be a house parent. And I wonder, did any of the kids while you were a house parent there at Mustard Seed Ranch play a joke on you?
2: Mm, most of the time, <laughs> yeah. yes. Can you I? share
0: some of those? Well, I
2: don't know if I can share them all, uh, but but there was there was quite a quite a few things that uh, the kids you know tried to do. Well, you know, you're in a place where my wife and I had six children of our own, and you
0: had so, on the job training.
2: Well, that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, I come I come to mustard seed, not really looking to be a house parent. It was just the opposite of of kind of. Tammy, in, in that she always wanted to be, I never really wanted to be, I didn't think, I I wanted to run one, I wanted to, to actually own one, I came to this talking to, uh, at the time, Rex and Julianne Buckner were the founders of this, and and so I went and talked to Rex about building one in Murfreesboro, where I was from, because they didn't have one, they had a good shepherd, but it was an old-timey look, where they had the girls down one aisle, and the boys down another aisle, and you had bathrooms in the middle, and it just, it, it, it just didn't work anymore, that right, style, Right. and this was a family style, where you're in a home, and you have parents, and and sometimes an intern that, that helped with that, if it was a large enough group of kids, and so I, I go in there, thinking I'm gonna, I, I was just looking at this, the facility to look at building one, and, and he challenged me that day to, he said, You've never been a part of this. How do you, how do you even know what to do? Right. Said so, uh, he, so he challenged me and Beck to come into the place and be a house parent uh, for two years, and uh, that he'd help me build one. Well, wow. He was gone. Um, things happened in his life and their life, and they they moved on in less than a year that I was there, and and I ended up being there six and a half years. Mm-hmm. You know, so life changed for us. We. We really thought one way, and then it came a different way. And ministry is messy in that, you know, you uh, have—girls are pretty tough on you Mm -hmm. at times, you know. And, uh, I mean, I had five boys and one girl, and our girl was always told by her brothers, don't act like a girl, you know. And Mm. so she was a tomboy and uh, never had drama and, you know but, but we we had a lot of drama and 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 the girl the girls uh were uh they they were fun at times but for for some in the group it wasn't ever really fun you know? Now were your
0: your children grown or were they they are living with you as a house parent
2: We had one son they're all grown but we had one son that that stayed with us for a little while and then moved on okay. uh, our youngest Kurt.
0: so what's the difference between being a biological parent and a house parent
2: sometimes there's nothing right. different about it but mm-hmm. uh other times it's it's really up to that child whether they let you in or not you know i mean um because you
1: know, of all the trauma that yeah, it's, 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 it's that's right you don't experience. know
2: from one child to the next yeah. what is happening and I could say something that's nothing. It seems like, but it's it turns a switch on, right. and sure. it's rough, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, uh, so I, and you know that's part of even sharing a devotion in a little bit. It's it's like I I had to just be real to them all the time, and, and I couldn't try to fake something because they knew it when you were faking. And uh, so if if I said something stupid, I would turn around after a while and just say, Listen, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. And um,
1: Because we're all human, right? I mean, being a parent is tough stuff. It is. Especially, can you imagine being, and I'm sorry, but I'm I'm just going to say this. He and his wife did a phenomenal job for six and a half years. You know, here you've got a home where you, you bring in one child, and you establish a relationship with that child, and then all of a sudden, Oh, well, guess what here comes two more you know and here come another so you your it's almost like you're reinventing your family environment every time you bring a new personality into it so he and Becky they did a phenomenal job learning and they what was so good about it is is that they were willing to say we're willing to learn mm-hmm. because yeah we we raised our own children for six years but ain't nothing like being a house parent, because right. especially for children who have experienced abuse or neglect. I mean, it's totally a different ball game. Really, I would, tell,
2: I would tell people, you know, my first six, I gave them their problems. <laughs> but these next group, I didn't, I didn't give them their problems. Yeah. So I didn't know where they were coming from. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. it was a whole new ball game. It, it like I said, ministry is messy, and and every day though there, there was a mess to clean up at times. I mean, we had some fun. We we went on trips and had great times, uh, went, went to, and, and people in the in the community would help us with all those trips. It was so sweet,
1: you know. But you know what one of my favorite memories was, was when Noelle ac- accepted Christ and, and then shared her testimony. I'll tell you what, I, and that literally was because of your influence, just so you know. It is a
0: calling, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm Dena Hornby. You're listening to The Calling. We'll be right back with a short devotional. You're listening to The Calling. We're back today with Albert Willis, who is pastor at All Good United Methodist Church. And Albert has also been a house parent for six and a half years at Mustard Seed Ranch. He's here today with Tammy Deppert who is the executive director of Mustard Seed Ranch. And Albert, I think, is going to share a short devotional with us.
2: Yes, uh, I'm going to read to you from Ephesians 3.19, and it says, And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How much of God do you contain? I mean, there's a question there that we we ask. We ask God to fill us up. And being out at the ranch, there was some days I was empty. And you go, how do I... How do I receive that 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 depth of God that I need? I, I call on him to to fill me up. I call him to be be just a piece of me. No, he fills me not with a little part. He fills me completely. Not what I ask for. When I say fill me, he fills me. He doesn't give me a partial drink of water. He gives me a full portion for my whole soul that that when 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 God is there with me, he is there. It's not like um, like cleaning up for for uh, someone in your in your uh, a friend of yours or somebody that you look up to. Say it was a Billy Graham coming to visit for a couple of days. Well, you're going to clean up. You're going to make sure your room, your house is spotless, and that is going to get all the things that he likes. You're going to find out what he likes, and you're going to have it in the refrigerator. You know, it's it's what it's what God is calling us to when He is filling us up that we give him our best. And so so in that containment of of how much do we have of God? It's all of God. It's all or nothing. We want we want God to fill us up. And so so when we know that he has filled us up, we give him our best. God is good.
1: Amen.
0: <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Albert. We'll take a short break. We'll be back in a moment with our rapid fire round. These are uh, five questions. This is my favorite part of the show. Uh, <laughs> you're listening to the Calling. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Dena Hornby, and you're listening to the Calling. We're here today with Albert Willis, pastor at All Good United Methodist Church, and Tammy Depperschmidt, who is the executive director of Mustard Seed Ranch. And we're back for what I enjoy. Uh, Very much the last segment of our show, which is a rapid round, rapid fire questions. So you each get five questions. You will have an opportunity to use a free pass if you so desire. Just one?
1: Just
0: one. Complete the fifth on one, but one only. And this is where I think we learn as much or more about our guests as we do during our conversation segments. So are you ready? Yeah. Okay, yes. wonderful. Tammy, we'll start with you. If you committed a crime, what would your family say that crime was?
1: That I hug way
0: too much. Oh. <laughs> so I'm not sure how that would be a crime, I
1: know, I know, but <laughs> sometimes it's too much. No. Invasion of personal space. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If I committed a crime, wow. Um. Wow, I don't know if they... Okay,
0: I we'll count a hug. All right, yeah. all right.
1: So overhugging, overhugging solicitation. Yeah, there you
0: go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Albert, what about you? You can't see, but Albert's eyes suddenly got very large. I
2: egged the principal's yard three nights in a row.
0: Oh, you know, that's a class C misdemeanor, I'm told. I I wouldn't know personally. It
2: was a different state.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, then there you go. Hey, that counts,
2: right? I don't know. <laughs> my mom says I never did it.
0: Okay. Hey. If mama says it, it must be true. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Tammy. What's the first first thing you notice about someone when you meet them for the very first time? Their heart?
1: I just I always notice who they are as a person right from the very get-go. I I don't know. It's just something I I think I got that from my grandma. Okay. <laughs> What about you,
0: Albert?
2: Their eyes.
1: Their eyes. Window yeah. to the soul.
2: Yeah. Sometimes people look straight at you. And you can't get away from it. It drives me crazy. But I try to do it too. But uh, you know, you you start looking at somebody and then you look off and you because they're staring at you the whole time. You get almost intimidated. So <laughs> I, I really like to see their eyes with with their eyes.
0: So uh, that begs the question: How do you feel when someone is constantly looking away from you during a conversation? Mm
2: feel like they're, they don't feel real comfortable in, with themselves or, or they might be lying. I don't know. It might, you know, there's a lot of things there. There's just a feeling of ineptitude, I guess, you know, that they don't feel confident okay. speaking to someone.
0: Yeah. Okay, so, Albert, we'll stay with you for the next question. Okay. What's on your playlist?
2: On my playlist? Well, I have um, Lauren Daigle.
0: Oh, they I same. just saw her in concert last Wait, week. So did I ask her last night? Amazing. Did yeah. you go to Knoxville? No, like, we, we went, went to Nashville, Nashville. last night. Yeah, she was Isn't that wonderful? Oh, yeah. Lauren love Daigle, if you're listening, Tarn. we love you.
1: Yes. Lauren Wells.
2: Um, who else? Um, oh, shoot. I was just listening to them now. I forgot their names. Um, my Deliverer. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know names sometimes. Let's see.
1: It's okay. You did good. What about you, Tammy? What's on your playlist? I love Bethel music. I have fallen in love with Bethel music. I love uh, uh, Brian and Jen Johnson are amazing. Stephanie Gretzinger, uh, Jeremy Riddle. Riddle, um, All of them are just absolutely amazing. And Lauren Daigle, without a doubt. Yeah. Love her. Awesome.
0: So do you have a podcast center on your phone?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I had Albert, if I had an Albert channel, I would also listen to him as well. I don't know (laughs) if you know this or not, but one of his giftings is singing. Yes, I do. is phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We we had fun this last week at the conference. Yeah. Got to sing over there. Awesome. Played
0: keyboard band. So, uh, next question If there were a gag reel of your life, what would be on it? Other than egging the principal's yard three nights in a row.
2: Well, there's videos of things that we've done just for fun. Uh, I dressed up. This was at Salem um, in Clarksville. We okay. did. We did Saints Alive for years, and they taught me into dressing up like a cheerleader to show what not to wear. Oh, <laughs> so I had I had you know really tight shorts that went and a and a halter top.
0: That would definitely be with another guy, but this
2: guy really looked good.
0: Yeah, that's not fair, is
2: it? It was not fair. He he had a six pack. I had a keg. You know, it just our stomachs didn't look the same.
0: Uh, Okay. What about you, Tammy? What would be on your gag reel?
1: Uh, Let's just say my college career. (laughs) Oh, I I would watch that. Yeah, definitely. I'd I'd even bring popcorn to the living room for uh, that. Let me tell you. Yeah, it's 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 definitely. A gag reel for sure. <laughs>
0: okay, I can't remember how many questions we've asked, but we're just going to keep going. If you could fly or be invisible, Albert, which would you choose? Flying. Flying. Baby. You would. Where yeah. would you
2: go? I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, always, I always wanted to be Superman. So I mean.
1: Excellent. I'm, I'm flying. Okay, well, what about you, Tammy? I would absolutely fly without any doubt. Do you know where you would fly? I would fly to Nepal because that's one place I really oh. want to go to. I love to hike and um, some outdoorsy and love to go to places like that. So okay. yeah, without a doubt, I would fly for I'd sure. I'd like
2: to take back to France.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, my wife. That Italy. That would be nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Italy. Okay. Last question, Albert, if there were a movie of your life, who would you want to play the role of Albert Willis? <laughs> mm.
2: Chris Pratt.
0: Yes.
1: There you go. The
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about you, Tammy? Oh well, I'm nowhere. I don't look anywhere near her. But she's oh, so adorable. I love Jennifer Aniston. So. Oh, me too. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Thank you, friends, for being here today. Yeah, you are you listening to the Calling. We have been here today with Albert Willis and Tammy Depper Schmidt. Thank you so much for sharing your story on thank the you. Calling.